0: I'm Becky Gannon and this is Mad About Miniatures. Today I'm talking to Christine at Paper Doll Miniatures. She has been making modern miniatures for 13 years. She is also a talented photographer and so she'll be sharing her tips and tricks on how to get the perfect picture of our minis. Let's go talk to Christine. Hello, Christine. I'm so glad to have you on Mad About
1: Miniatures. Hi, Becky. I'm so excited to talk today about minis.
0: Yes, me too. So when I've interviewed other people, they'll often mention that they got inspired in modern minis by you. Oh my goodness. So about the second or third person who did that, I started thinking, I have to talk to Christine. So here I am. And you had told me that you've been making minis
1: for 13 years. I know. It's been a while now. I was just thinking about that today, like starting off from doing little dioramas to getting into blogging and then to getting into the whole hobby scene of miniatures. It's been quite a journey, but it's really exciting to look back on.
0: You're like a mini pioneer. (laughs) There's not that many people who've been doing it that long.
1: No. Especially
0: the more modern ones. So you got into this, you were an art student in college. And it all started with the photography assignment, right? Yes.
1: I went to university. I started in communications. But then all of a sudden, I took a few art classes and decided to change. And I went into photography. And for some assignments, you'd have to go and photograph people or places. And I lived outside of the city. So it was a lot to get down and photograph things. And I thought, okay, I'm going to make little dioramas and take a photograph of myself and stick it inside the diorama, like print it out, stick it inside the diorama and shoot that and make it look as realistic as possible. So I would do these interior scenes or um, I had a few outdoor ones with a little paper doll cut out of myself. And that's where my blog name comes from now, Paper Doll Miniatures.
0: Oh, but you don't still use the little paper doll of yourself.
1: I don't know how things have changed. At the time I was doing a lot of, I was very focused on analog, like no Photoshop. I wanted to look as realistic as possible and really get, give that illusion, that lifelike illusion. I would search out then miniature blogs at the time. It really was just miniature blogs because there wasn't social media. I would try and learn like all the techniques. And so I started out with popsicle sticks and drywall. Oh my goodness, I used drywall as walls. It was so heavy and and messy. And then and then I moved to foam board and I did that for a couple of years. I showed my work in some shows and some gallery shows. And when I graduated, I went into the hobby side of miniatures and that's kind of when I started blogging. I started around 2011 and I really my blog really got off the ground in 2013 and I was dedicated to Modern miniatures. Wow.
0: You know, I still think maybe like once a year for your anniversary, maybe you should pull out that paper doll. That would be fun.
1: (laughs) I have a bag of them somewhere. There's there's a bag of little mini... There's a bag of mini Christine's? Yes. Oh, that's so (laughs) adorable. Some of them are holding like garbage bags because I was like cleaning up and some of them I have like a broom or... Yeah. Oh, no, it's great. I should go find those.
0: <laughs> you really should. I think people would get a kick out of those. So you started your blog. And like I said, that was before social media or Instagram or any of that.
1: Yeah, I think I blogged for a while. I did a lot of room box scenes, and I was still doing mostly the foam core. Then I I think I only started selling within the last maybe six years because that all changed when I started laser cutting and 3D printing. So uh, because then I had a little bit more stock of things. Right. I started laser cutting and 3D printing about eight years ago because I was trying to find things to make these. Modern kitchens and modern bathrooms and I couldn't find anything. I would go to the dollhouse shops and I'm like, okay, this is all Victorian, old miniature styles. I wanted nice shaker cabinets.
0: <laughs> right. Well, why shouldn't your dollhouse have the best?
1: Yeah, reflect kind of what we have in our real homes.
0: Yes. Or what we'd like to have in our real homes. <laughs> what we'd like. Yes, what we'd
1: like. That's a big one. I looked for things I couldn't find them. So I learned how to use a laser cutter. Uh, there was a, my library came out with a maker space and I went, I figured it out. I was able to cut my cabinets. I think I recut my kitchen three times, which usually is the case. I cut it out and then I'm like, I need faucets. I need a pot filler. So I learned how to 3D print. I started with Tinkercad, which I think is really popular now. I found Shapeways and Shapeways is a company that will print your pieces for you because at the time there wasn't really affordable homemade printers. And right. now there is, but back then there wasn't. So I would get them made and then ship to me. That's how I started getting all my modern miniatures together. And then I was able to offer them in a shop because once you designed it, you were able to sell the, the file.
0: Well, you are lucky your library was so ahead of the time. I live in Toledo, Ohio, and our library made a makerspace, but only like two or three years ago. Yeah. (laughs) And they got a modern printer, a 3D printer that you can go use for very cheap. And that was a little before I got into minis. But then when I got into minis, it was COVID and they shut down the class. I shut down using it. So I'm really looking forward being able to go and sign up for some lessons and kind of get used to using it before I you know take the plunge.
1: For me, I had been using it for several years, and they did have 3D printers, but they weren't resin. They were the filament ones, so they aren't that great for minis. But when COVID hit the library, I think it's still shut now that makerspace. us too.
0: It's disappointing. it got done just a little before COVID and then it was gone.
1: Oh, yeah. They would have just opened. I ended up getting my own laser cutter and 3D printer. I mean, they've come down where they're a little bit more affordable now than when I first started. I thought I never, ever would get one. And then COVID, I was able to buy one. And then I was able to continue making.
0: That's so great. So I am going to go back for a second. I have a little note that when you were doing your artwork in college, something about a snowstorm in a house.
1: With my dioramas, when I first started, I would make these really whimsical narratives that the paper doll, aka me, was in. For example, it was a snowstorm, and to make the snowstorm, I used a container of salt, and it just blew all into the house. And I had paper towel for snow too. There's a <laughs> lot of and it has the drywall walls. Oh, it's it's a trip down memory lane for sure. So probably
0: looked pretty cool, and it was probably like a complete heavy mess, right?
1: Yeah, and it's funny because I just did last year and this year I did a lot of snow scenes and I used salt again. I was like, oh, this is what I used back then. That's right. I used salt because I didn't know about modeling snow.
0: But before you used it, it was more, it was less realistic. It was more like the snow was right. in the house. So
1: you were doing more exactly.
0: artsy. Okay. And now your scenes, I think, are incredibly realistic.
1: But it's a big change now for me because now I've always loved... For me, the best part about miniatures is like the photography, the realism, getting that illusion. Yes. But in the last year, less than a year maybe, now with social media, it's such a big deal to have scale shown so that people immediately know, oh, this is a mini, like this is this is miniature. So I've started putting my hand in things. And let me tell you, that was such a hard thing to get my head around because I've always wanted it to look Perfectly real, and now i I put like lemons in, I put a spoon in a hand in to show scale and that that's a big change
0: I know it is when I first started, you really didn't do that, and then you know, I noticed my photos weren't getting as many liked. I noticed more people had their hands in, but it still took me a little while to realize I needed to do it yeah, and part of it was I used to have my nails manicured, but with covid. <laughs> and so part of it is, you know, when I have to put my hands in there, I'm like, how do you put your hands in and hide your fingernails? Yes. But I think you told me you use like nail wraps.
1: Yes. I just want to say, I think the reason why it works so much better is people would scroll by. They would think it's a real house. They'd be like, oh, okay, this is just some real house. And they'd scroll by. So now they actually, oh, there's a hand.
0: I think that must be what happens. But, you know, that's hard for a lot of reasons, but let tell me about your wraps, because your nails always look so great. I thought you were getting them manicured every day.
1: They're stickers, and it's great because I mean, I way back when I used to get my nails done, and then I mean, it's expensive, and I mean, with COVID, I mean, I'm not really going to the spa either. But um, I found these nail wraps, and they're basically little stickers, and they last. I they might last a long time, but I change them every week or so. So after about three reels or three posts, I'm like, okay, I I should change to a different color, (laughs) but they've been great. And they're so inexpensive. I get them on Etsy. Okay. Do you get
0: a particular brand?
1: I get this from different shops. Like one shop is all of Pearl and nails and another shop is ease nails, I think. But they're all like the same. They're all the same kind of idea. They're, They're basically nail stickers. And they come in so many different patterns and colors. Because
0: I did try them. I got them from Amazon. And the first time I put them off, the first night they kept trying to come off. But once I got them to stay on, Uh, they stayed on for four or five days. But then the next time I tried, I woke up the next night and they were all gone.
1: Oh, no. I do find there's a kind that have like little metal tabs. And they work really well versus ones that come on like a sheet. And I put a base coat of clear polish on, put on the nail wrap and then put a coat of clear like a top coat on top and that's how I get them to last. Like I don't I don't just use the stickers themselves. like I do apply polish underneath and on top. And then I do make sure a few days in to like reapply so that they they really do stay on. But it, it's great for miniatures because your hands really all of a sudden. and usually our fingernails are covered in paint let's face it. <laughs> or like they've been burned from the glue gun. So it's great to have pretty nails.
0: One of my friends on Instagram, I saw someone on TikTok was like, your nails are dirty. I'm like, they're not dirty. She's just been painting. You're a miniaturist. I Come mean, on. you know, that's, that's a splotch <laughs> yeah. of paint or ink or glue yeah. or, you know, it's hard. Yeah. But yours, yeah. okay. So that's a good tip because I do find that the hands with the cute nails help the pictures.
1: They do. I mean, I got Christmas ones this year and I was like, oh, this is great. I'm excited for Valentine's Day ones. I mean, (laughs) fun to match your scenes. It is. Yours are really cute.
0: You had these like red and white checked ones. Yeah, I always loved those. I was like, okay, you got to tell me your little nail secret.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I mean, these are Canadian prices, but I think it's like $4.50 a package. And so you get two sets in one package. So it's like $2.50. Canadian a, a package
0: that's Christine's you know famous nail secret right there thank you yes and we were also talking about you know when you get your hands in the picture I found that it changes what rooms I do because some of my rooms are really small and one of mine it's a kitchen and by the time I get my hand in I mean there's not really anywhere for my hand to go
1: unless you bust open a window or something which I mean you're not going to do I mean how are you going to put your hand in I I get that.
0: It's hard, and then you just get a lot yeah. of a lot of wrist, and no one wants to see that,
1: and shadow too. yes,
0: and then also, I'm very clumsy, so I did a little reel recently where I just set the little champagne glasses on a bar cart. Mm-hmm. They all fell over like every time <laughs> I had to redo it like five times before I could put all four on the cart without them falling over.
1: I know what that's like. I have blooper reels where I just sometimes I save the videos. I remember I knocked over this bag, I think, 20 times. And I, I made a little blooper reel for myself. This was my day. <laughs> or my boyfriend will be like, are you shooting minis? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, okay, I can hear you sighing a lot. <laughs> and it's because things are falling over. It's hard. I
0: mean, I get it. It looks cute. It shows people the scale. But I find myself shooting the bigger houses, the bigger rooms. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if that's part of, since you're so great at the photography, if that's part of why you're sort of favoring room boxes.
1: It's true. And you know what? When you said that about the small rooms, it really made me think about, oh, that's right. Like I don't have any little rooms like that. And it would really bother me if if I did. Whenever I make dollhouses, because I usually either kit bash, even if I do a kit, I usually kit bash. I'm always thinking How am I going to get my camera in here? I've only recently started using my phone before it was always my big camera. Oh my gosh. How am I going to fit that in the room? So I usually made giant windows or I had openings because I knew I would need to film. And now with the phone, here's the thing. When you're shooting the room box photos before, when you did like photography, especially for a blog, it would always be landscape, but now it's portrait. And it's elongated. It's nine by 16 for the ratio, right? So my walls are not tall enough. Like I definitely need a ceiling because you're going to get some ceiling and you're going to get some floor in the shot. So lately I've been making my room boxes with 11 inch ceilings. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I was doing 12 inch ceilings. So that way I don't necessarily need a ceiling and I can easily get really nice light and get my hand really easily into there. That's
0: really interesting. I can see that because I do sometimes find for the reels that are so, I guess for people who don't know this, you know, the reels by Instagram are so favored with the algorithm that so many of us are doing almost all reels. But you're really in that vertical frame. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're trying to show multiple rooms or a whole view of your dollhouse, it's kind of impossible.
1: Yeah, or a shot where... There's a bit of room, but then you have a ton of ceiling because you either have to be really close up to your subject or if you're far back. I mean, it's definitely changing the way I construct my room boxes and dollhouses now. We got the hands in the room boxes now, and now we got, like, the size of our rooms. I mean, I've always thought about photography, like, how I shoot the miniatures, but still, it's definitely changing the way we make and create, for sure. It is. I don't
0: know, you know, if that's good, if that's bad. I think it just is.
1: I think... When I do miniatures, I come from it as how do I want to photograph this? That's always how I've never been a traditionalist who like bought a dollhouse and like started from the dollhouse and then was like, okay, how do I photograph it? I've always been, I want this scene and I want to be able to photograph it. So how do I make it to photograph it? Well, that's
0: how you started out. It was a photography assignment. And I mean, that was 13 years ago, but that's really what we're looking at now. You were ahead of your time, Christine.
1: It's definitely come back a little bit full circle now. I used to do a lot of video work growing up too as a kid. That was something I really enjoyed. So the last couple of months, it's been really exciting to go back to video work. Again, I just got some new photo light this Christmas and I'm really excited. And I, got, I have a reflector because it can be really challenging to light your minis. I always want big windows in my scene. I mean, that's something I usually have in most of my photos. And
0: it looks fantastic.
1: And it works two ways. I mean, you get that realism because it doesn't always work. But if you can get that lighting just right, you get the sunlight coming in the room and it's very pretty. But then it also lights your room because as you said, these rooms can be so dark. And even if you have a little light, like a chandelier or something coming down, it's still not a lot of light in the space.
0: It's not. I put a lot more lights in my house and then I also have some photo lights. And in the little dark, Mm -hmm. narrow rooms, it's still not enough. Honestly, yeah. it's just not. So I've been wondering if I need to, like, take in a mini wrecking ball and make a bunch of Christine-sized windows. <laughs> just about to say, is this mean demolition's about to happen? I'm not sure. But in my flare house, I actually have two extension packs. They were never permanently affixed. The person just kind of slid them in. And so it never occurred to me until, like, last night. I'm like, I should just photograph them, unslide them out.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like a rim box.
0: Yeah, so I'm like going to see if that helps.
1: I'm going to say I am a temporary miniaturist a lot of the time. A lot of my scenes are only up for a short amount of time, and they're kind of held together with masking tape. Like I've done gardens, I've, a lot of my outdoor scenes, especially with the gardens, because I've changed the landscaping for fall, spring and winter and summer. It's, it's just held together with a hope and a prayer and some masking tape a lot of the time. I can see that. And you have the best
0: scenes outside your window. Oh, thank you. You do. You don't put the scenes right up against the window. You allow a little space, right?
1: I would never put them like right up against the window because I find it, it makes the image dull. It looks fake. Even yesterday, I was filming a reel and I had the image, I think, five inches away And it still comes down to lighting the space in between the background picture, there's a little bit of space, and then there's your window. And you really got to get that light just right. So it hits the background and it hits the window mullions and like into the room box. So you get the realism happening. I noticed yesterday when I was doing it, I was struggling a little bit. I'm like, oh, it's not quite there. But when you get it, it's amazing.
0: After we talked or for our little pre-interview, I've been experimenting a little, but I'm I'm not quite there. But sometimes I just create little 8x10s I put behind. But you use like engineering paper and you create a whole big photo backdrop?
1: Yeah. So I think it comes back to when I did dioramas before because I didn't do any Photoshop when I first started out doing my miniatures. I wanted to make things and make it look as realistic as possible. I carried that through. So I think maybe some people use green screens or something, but for me, there's nothing quite like having a paper backdrop where the same light that's hitting your, especially if it's an exterior shot of your dollhouse, the same light is hitting your backdrop that's hitting your dollhouse. It just, it blends seamlessly. Mm -hmm. So I find photos, usually on the web, I've taken a few myself, but It's very hard to go out and find these picturesque scenes outside in the real world because you typically need a lot of distance between you and let's say there's trees or something so that it looks good when it's in your miniature. So I usually find them online. I I get commercial free so the usage rights are okay. And I get them in high resolution and then I take them to my local staples and I've been printing on engineering paper in color. I do this because it's cheaper. The paper quality, though, isn't fabulous. It's kind of like copy paper. Mm -hmm. But like I said, it's cheaper because sometimes I printed them out and... I've had a bad one, like the color. I mean, you could do test prints, which I really should do, but I usually am in a rush. But sometimes the color's off. It's a little bit too light or a little bit too dark. So I don't want to spend a whole bunch of money on poster paper. But I think there's a couple now that I really like. I'm like, you know what? These are getting kind of old. Like maybe I'll reprint them on some good poster paper. And I, I do. I print them large. I For the ones for the bungalow, you kind of have to. They're like 36 by 48, I wow. think. And that's just big enough. There's one, there's a size up from that still because when I'm going to do, I I got the Victoria Farmhouse dollhouse by Real Good Toys and I did a kid bash on it and I was thinking about my backdrop for it. And I'm thinking I'm going to need to get two prints, like two engineering prints in that really big size and combine them so that it's big enough. Because it's really, it's going to be really tall. Like, I think the dollhouse is 33 inches tall to begin with. So, you're going to need something really, really tall. 36 inches wouldn't cover it. You're going to need something like 48, really, really wide. So, I haven't printed those out yet, but that'll be next. That's practically a person sized <laughs> backdrop. Yeah. And the quality doesn't have to be, I think some people get worried because they're like, oh, if I blow it up, it's not going to be the best quality. All of my backdrops are a tiny bit fuzzy and they're not perfect. But because your focus is on the dollhouse, there should be enough like depth of field that it's going to be a little bit blurry anyway. Right.
0: Like if you take a picture of your house and don't focus on the window, it's going to be a little fuzzy.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's wiggle room.
0: I can see where you would have quite a bit of wiggle room. Well, that's fascinating. I think I'm going to start experimenting more with that and I hope others give it a try too.
1: It's great. You know, after a while you get quite a collection of them. I wanted to say, actually, when I started doing the dioramas with backgrounds, I would just cut out pictures from magazines and they work really well. If you're just putting an image behind your window, like let's say you just have one window in a bedroom or something. If you tape the magazine, I usually put it tape it to like a water bottle or a paint can or something and stick it on a table behind the miniature like a little bit away the little picture from a magazine works great like you don't have to go print something
0: how many inches do you put it away
1: i would say between five and it it has to be a big enough image because you don't if your camera's up too high you'll see the table or whatever backgrounds going on in your house, but at least five inches. And then the important thing is to get a light in between. So I use, I have these reading lamps from Amazon and they're LED lamps and they're like a stick, bendable stick. I put them down so that they're right in between the backdrop and house. You can't see it when you're looking with your camera, but you get enough light in there. Well,
0: that's a great tip. That is really good. So I know you've been in a couple of magazines. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I've done a couple of features and articles. I did one tutorial for making deck lights. So I made little deck lights for one of my outdoor room boxes out of drawer pulls. They're like those rounded drawer pulls with the indent that comes out. And I stuck a little light and they look just like those outdoor lights that, that get put along steps going down from one level to another level on a deck. That's amazing. I don't know how I thought of that, but that turned out really well. What magazine was that in? Dollhouse Miniatures magazine. It's the sister one to American Miniatures.
0: And you just had a winter one in recently, didn't you?
1: Yeah, that one was about my all-seasons dollhouse. So that dollhouse, it's one of my temporary projects. I've had it as a winter scene, a fall scene, a summer scene, I'm kind of hoping to do a spring scene this year as well, because I really want to do some like little tulips and daffodils. Oh, yes. That was in the feature in December. How fun.
0: And you only have one dollhouse. Is that right? One dollhouse and then a ton
1: of room boxes? One finished dollhouse. I have four dollhouses. Okay. I have the one Belmont dollhouse, which I did for the Hobby Builder Supply Miniatures.com Creighton Contest in 2011, and I placed third overall. It was my first real dollhouse that I had ever done, and I have that one. That one's finished, and then I have the bungalow, which I've been doing the seasons for, and the inside I've never got around to doing probably because it's really small and I don't really like small spaces so I've never really been inspired okay and then I have another kit farm kit that I got that I have never finished and then I had a transitional dollhouse that is a monster house I think it's 50 inches wide and 33 inches tall it takes up a huge amount of space wow I love that house. I learned some things along the way. I laser cut it out of MDF, but I laser cut it out of quarter inch MDF. And I know now I'm going to make a dollhouse. I really want to make it out of three eighths because it just is not that sturdy. Oh, It's three floors and it takes up a lot of space. It takes up a, a lot of space in my studio. So it's in the basement. I counted today. I have eight room boxes. Wow. Two outdoor ones. I never thought I'd do outdoor room boxes. And yet here I have two. I have one with a pool and then I have one that's like a a villa. I have a couple of like just regular interior ones. I did a kitchen one in December. I did a condo one for New Year's Eve. And I'm just finishing up. I have a bathroom one with blue walls that I just am finishing up a shower for. So I'm definitely leaning towards room boxes now. Oh, oh no. I have five dollhouses. <laughs> I have another one. I have the Victoria farmhouse that I'm kit bashing. That's right. That's down there too.
0: That's so funny because whenever anyone asks me, I'll always name a number and then I'll be like, well, and if you count, do you count? This you one? have a lot of them too, don't you? You know, what's a lot, Christine? I
1: mean. You have like seven or something? I don't think we should really focus on that. <laughs>
0: <right now. laughs>
1: Do you have the space? Are you at the point where you'll have to swap one out if you get a new one? Not really, because we have a pretty big
0: house, and my boys have left home, and they had huge bedrooms.
1: You don't have too much, then. Right. If you have room, you're good. (laughs) Mine have started migrating to other rooms. Mine have, and I've gotten a little bit of flack for that. Yeah, me too. I was just about to say, I was reminded this week, they're like, um, so is this, we need to build you shelves or something. Well, I felt for
0: Christmas, I could, you know, I decorated for Christmas and kind of put them in more central places. So the question is, you know, will they stay? Will they retreat? Stay tuned. I'll let you know.
1: (laughs) For me, it's really easy for them to break or something if they're not nicely displayed somewhere. It's really easy, like in the moving process or something. I don't know. I I just find things break on me, like a door or a window.
0: You have to be careful with where you put them.
1: Yeah. So I kind of wish I had more spots to display them because I feel like then they'd be nice. Well, I've got one more bedroom of one more sun that (laughs) be a Christine (laughs) Museum.
0: But, you know, it's funny. I was reading in your Instagram that your favorites are bathrooms and kitchens. And I had to laugh because anyone who's listened to a couple of my podcasts knows that particularly bathrooms, I have never made (laughs) a bathroom. I turn it into something else or I knock down a wall. But then right now I have a little Lundby and there's a tiny little room and it really is obviously meant to be a bathroom. So I'm trying to decide if I'm going to do my first bathroom.
1: Is it the toilet that makes you like not want to? I think that's
0: a lot of it is the toilet Yeah. So I have seen people who put like a little fake door and just say WC or, you know, or something like that. But I think the other thing is, and and this is probably because of, you know, my skill or lack thereof, I'm not at the point where I can really make a tub or a sink or a toilet. So I sort of feel like Mm -hmm. I'm buying all that. There's not that many ways to alter them. So I kind of feel like, where am I putting myself in the room?
1: I get that, and I think one of the reasons why I enjoy making those rooms is because I do make those things. I do make faucets, and I make shower fixtures. And I was really excited last year when I made a toilet because for a long time it was very hard to find toilets, and now now there's a lot, which is wonderful. But because I make those things, that's one of the reasons why I build those rooms is because I want to show them off. But I could see how if you were buying everything, I don't know though. I like tile. I, that, I mean, that's the other thing. I do like tiles,
0: but, you know, I can make the couches. I can make okay. pillows. I can make other things. But those, you know, I don't have a 3D printer, and those are something I can't really make.
1: You know, it's funny, though. You're telling me all this, and all I can think of is how I never make bedrooms, and I rarely make living rooms. I mean, I bought a couple sofas that I love now, but I, I don't sew. I really don't like sewing, so I have to buy beds bedding and linens and sofas. So I never make them because like you said, I'm not really making these things. They're not something I'm drawn to. So that's, it, I, I get where you're coming from.
0: Yeah. So I think that's been it, but I do love tile.
1: So we'll see what happens. That's something I get really excited about when I design the bathroom. Usually I start off with the tile. So it's the same with kitchens. I love making the faucets for the kitchen and the pop fillers and this year, I made the appliances for the first time because it's really hard to find appliances. And I was really excited about that.
0: And I love when you find ones with those cool handles you do. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. They really do look cool.
1: Thanks. I think that's kind of a cool little thing that I fell into is I now have a whole bunch of cabinet hardware in my shop because it's just one of those things that like nothing was really modern looking at the time. You could make yourself a fridge but you'd need good handles for it.
0: If you read designer magazines, they're always like the hardware makes a difference. It's not that surprising that it makes a difference in miniature homes too.
1: Yeah. Did you see in my newest kitchen room box? I actually, because people are always like, oh, how do you make your kitchens? And I'm like, oh, I laser cut them. And I always feel bad. So like, usually they don't have a laser cutter. But for this last kitchen, I used houseworks cabinet kit and I was really excited because I could tell people like you can use these kits to make your kitchen and they came with really nice handles they came with little gold brass knobs and I was going to use my own handles I'm like these are so nice I'm just gonna keep them so at least there's that now as an option too
0: that's nice I'm starting to see a lot more modern kits yeah And when you have the kits you can kind of you know you can paint them any color It just gives you a lot more freedom
1: yeah, you can make your own design. I ended up stacking because they didn't look super modern, these kits. And I'm like, okay, I will stack them. I'll give them some glass fronts. And I'd seen some other people do that as well. And it just really modernized them.
0: Yeah, sometimes you have to be creative to make them look more modern. Mm-hmm. Well, if I do create a bathroom, I wonder if I should do a scene where all my pets from all the houses come and stand in line to use the one bathroom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. Oh, that's good. Yeah, they probably would. I hope you do one. That would be really good.
0: So do you have goals for like the year, for your day? You know, what do you see in front of you for miniatures?
1: I'm really trying to be consistent. That is my word for this year. I've been doing miniatures for a while and I've collected a large body of work. But especially now that I want to have show of scale, I find a lot of those images I can't like repost. But I have, like I said, this big collection of room boxes that I can draw on. So. I'm hoping this year I can stay consistent. I can use all the resources that I've accumulated post regularly. That's my big thing. I do have a couple projects that I'm really looking forward to doing, I'm hoping to do a bakery. I have that because I, I've been collecting some minis for the bakery and they've been sitting in boxes and I'm like, okay, you know what? It's time. I'd, I'd like to finish another dollhouse too. Those are my goals. Do you collect things and then in hopes of doing them for one day, like a project one day? A little
0: bit. But, you know, I haven't been doing it as long as you. So I I try to use as much as I can. That makes sense. You know, I am starting, though, to get a little collection of furniture that came with the house that I didn't use or stuff I picked up at the Mm -hmm. dollar store. I'm like, I should challenge myself one month. Maybe you should have a challenge where, like, you pick something out of that batch of stuff you're not using and find a way to use it.
1: That's something that I've been really stuck with these last couple of years is I would collect things, let's say for a bakery or for a specific house. And then they would sit in a box because I would never get around to using them. And with video content, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to take this out. I'm going to set up a quick little scene. It doesn't need to be a full blog post. And I'm going to show off some of the minis that, you know, I love that have been stored away for so long. I really do enjoy that. It makes you creative. And it's funny because some of my best performing reels and things like that are things that I just pulled out and like, oh I love this, like I've never shown it. I think of like that one with the faucets and I'm just cleaning it with a sponge. I filmed it on a whim because what I was originally planning to film didn't work out. And I'm like, oh well I really want to post something. So I started cleaning that faucet with the sponge and it did so well.
0: You never know what's gonna appeal to people. My best video is Someone found a um, Savannah house, a little plastic house, on the curb in good mm-hmm. condition, and they gave it to me. They just picked it up off from the neighbor's curb and brought it to me. And so it came with a lot of furniture, and I just threw it in a bowl. And like you, one day I had done a, p- a reel or a post, and it didn't work out. So I literally just went through this bowl of these pieces that I don't know if I'll ever use. They're a different scale. They're plastic. And I put it to the tune of um, the trash song from Oscar the Grouch. It got like 40,000 likes. Yeah, wow. It was five minutes. And then you look at some of these, you spend so much time on that you made so much. And you're like, why was this one popular? You just don't always know, you know.
1: But at the same time, I think that's what really the past couple of months on social media has gotten me actually really excited about. Because I think before I'd I'd make these really serious scenes and I love them, you know, but they would take weeks to make. So I feel like with these little short videos, it's really this like freedom to try a quick little scene. Yes. Play with minis that you don't normally get to play with. And for me that's been really exciting and really invigorating the past few months.
0: Now that I'm kind of getting the hang of it, getting, you know, it can be really fun. But it was it's a it's a different mindset.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of trial and error too, right? Because they're such short videos and you're trying to tell these little stories. Like, I never would have thought the sponge cleaning a faucet. I think people find it really relaxing and I enjoy watching it. I find myself watching my little reels. I
0: know, it's adorable. I love that little video. And I don't like regular cleaning. I would never watch someone scrubbing their actual faucet. No. So, yes, it is interesting. But it is funny how this Instagram has changed the way we are doing things.
1: It's really exciting because you have a lot of interaction with a lot more people, which I love it, a lot of new people are getting into minis, but like you did during like through the pandemic and everything. and it's easier to find minis right and to, to learn about them. and it is changing things it's the short form content right so in some ways maybe people feel like they have to post a lot but on the flip side it's also liberating because you don't need these really big serious projects either but I think you know there's a time and place for for both blogs and social media because sometimes you want more detailed information and that's still where I like a blog where you can do like a full tutorial with like links or really get into the nitty-gritty of a project with step by step
0: well, I think change also is just always hard. If you've been doing it one way, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. So yeah, I'm trying to embrace the best of both worlds.
1: What a change though right now with like 3D printing and laser cutting becoming so much more common.
0: It's really revolutionizing things because when I was in yeah. Philadelphia, I saw a lot more affordable kitchen stuff, a yes. lot more modern kitchen stuff. People like you just selling little, you know, little drawer pools that I could put on the hardware. Anna from Little House of Lights, you know, gifted mm-hmm. me a tiny little car fob with keys. I love that. I don't think you could make that by hand. You know, it's just so tiny and has so many little parts in it. Yeah,
1: it's really great. But
0: do you feel it takes a lot of painting talent?
1: I feel like if there's one place in my miniatures that I would really like to get better at, it's painting. I feel like three D prints. I'm mostly spray painting, so it's okay not that bad. But I still feel painting furniture or dollhouses. There's a little bit more wiggle room, like if you're painting an exterior, but. Overall, I would really like my painting to be just a little bit cleaner. And I'm trying to get better at sanding in between coats. And one thing I did this last time when I was doing the kitchen cabinets, I often buy house paint because I like the better selection of colors. And the only problem with house paint is it's quite thick. And I brought it home the last time, and my boyfriend came over and he's like, He's like, oh, yeah, it's going on really thick. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why. He's like, oh, well, you got the primer and paint mix in one. So it's supposed to just be one coat, like super opaque. I'm like, oh. So I added in this airbrush medium. It was like a flow aid. I don't know that it was specifically for airbrush, but I added it in. And oh, my goodness, I had the really nice opaque color, but it went on so smoothly. So that's something I just learned last month, and I'm going to make sure I remember to use it because it made such a difference. I didn't need to sand as much in between coats. There weren't these like lumps in your paint when you change directions of the brush.
0: That's really good to know. Well, Christine, it's been so much fun talking to you today, and I feel like I've learned so much, and I'm kind of excited to go make some crazy scene now. Let's keep in touch and have a great day. You too. Thanks, Becky. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was so fun talking to Christine at Paper Doll Miniatures, and I'm excited to try some of her photography tips. My next episode comes out Tuesday, February 8th. I'll be talking to Wendy Littlepage, director of the Denver Museum of Miniatures. I lived in Denver for 18 years, so I have a unique connection to this special place. We'll talk about the museum's showpiece dollhouses their southwestern dollhouses, and a little bit about their unique collection of toys, including their six-foot mohair-covered teddy bear. Until next time, remember, there are no rules in your dollhouse except those you create for yourself. Goodbye!